Hi there, thanks for joining me. This is Astronomy Daily, our daily look at astronomy and space news. I'm Andrew Dunkley, your host. Great to have your company once again. And joining me is Hallie, our roving reporter. Hi, Hallie, how are you? Hi, Andrew. Is that rain I can hear again? Oh, yes. Uh, We've got another system moving through. It's absolutely bucketing down at the moment. Uh, And it's been a weekly cycle. I think this is the fourth or fifth week in a row that we've had uh, reasonable or extensive rain. This this is pretty heavy and it's it's a big system. Gosh, you'll be growing gills soon. I dare say I will. (laughs) I'll probably need them too, the way it's going. Yes, it'll be interesting to see what transpires after this little downpour. The Astronomy Daily Podcast with Andrew Dunkley. Anyway, um, what's happening in the news? Give us the lowdown. The United States Space Force has been in training and just completed a live fire exercise. The Black Skies exercise is designed to improve their skills in satellite jamming technology. They're also looking at two other areas. Red Skies, which is training in orbital warfare, and Blue Skies, which is basically cyber warfare. The Blue Sky training saw the use of commercial satellites leased from a private firm which served as a target. It hasn't been revealed how the jamming was carried out or which company was the guinea pig in this case. In future, Starcom is hoping to acquire its own satellites for live fire exercises. Meantime, Space Force has unveiled its official logo, and if you did a double-take because it looks a lot like the logo from Star Trek, you're right. They've also released their official song and their motto, Sempa Supra which is Latin for, always above. The Ingenuity helicopter on Mars has completed its 30-second flight, covering a distance of 308 feet or 94 meters. It was in the air for 55 seconds and reached a max speed of 10.6 miles per hour, 17.1 kilometers per hour, according the JPL. It's presumed that this flight was once again aimed at assisting Perseverance as it explores Jezero Crater, in what used to be a river delta, for signs of carbon-containing building blocks of life. Ingenuity was designed to perform only five flights, so it is performing much better than anyone expected. The Arian Space Company in Europe is looking toward reusable space technology for deep space missions. Nicknamed SUSY, the spacecraft will be designed to take astronauts into space and back. SUSY stands for Smart Upper Stage for Innovative Exploration and will be mounted on top of an Ariane 64 rocket, a totally reusable rocket system. The whole package will be capable of going into space carrying five astronauts and come back to Earth. It can also be used for uncrewed missions. As I speak, NASA should be getting ready to do the crucial SLS fuel test on Artemis 1. If successful, the rocket will be one step closer to launch. That said, the batteries that were installed on Artemis 1 only had 20 days certification, which was extended to 25 days but that has now expired. The batteries cannot be changed on the launch pad so if certification is denied. The rocket will have to go back to the assembly building adding further delays to the project. And more satellites are headed into low Earth orbit. OneWeb says a batch of 36 broadband satellites is now in India in readiness for a launch next month. The British company expects India's space agency, ISRO, to commit to the launch of its GSLV Mark III rocket which will carry the payload. OneWeb has already deployed 428 satellites using Ariane rockets but will be switching to the Indian option, once that contract ends. 
The One Web satellites are a joint venture production between themselves and Airbus. And, and that's, that's the, the news, news Andrew. Andrew. Thank you, Hallie. We'll catch you before we finish up today. Now to other news, and you've heard of Hilton Hotels. I don't know if you've ever stayed in one. Uh, my wife and I were very lucky to stay in the Hilton uh, in Los Angeles many, many years ago, and uh, that was quite an experience. What a what an amazing place. We even had a TV in our bathroom. We thought that was pretty weird and rather upper crust. Anyway, uh, the reason I bring it up is because Hilton is looking at taking it its uh, its hospitality business off the planet. Yep, they're looking at a future in orbital space station technology. They're calling it Star Lab, um, which I think has already been used. But anyway, uh, they will be doing it with uh, a company called NanoRacks, Voyager Space and Lockheed Martin. Uh, now, they first announced the orbiting complex back in 2021. Uh, Hilton, uh, it says, will bring the company's renowned hospitality expertise and experience to support the design and development of crew suites aboard, aboard Starlab, uh, helping to reimagine the human experience in space, uh, making extended stays more comfortable. That was an official joint statement released this week. Now, Starlab is one of a, a set of private space stations that NASA hopes will replace the International Space Station uh, probably within the next 10 years. And although uh, ISS operations uh, on NASA's side were recently extended for six years to 2030, uh, they have been planning a succession uh, to another space station, which uh, they say will be privately run. So uh, hotel stays at the Hilton in orbit sounds pretty cool to me. Probably way out of my pay grade, though. Now, the moon is constantly the focus of a great amount of our attention. I mean, we see it every other night as we spend time outside in the darkness, and I, I certainly love looking at it up close through my telescope. Uh, but it's also the subject of a lot of study, and it looks like the moon's poles have shifted because of asteroid impacts over billions of years. This is new research. Astronomers have uh, long used lunar craters to look at the history of the moon and the whole solar system for that matter. And because of the destruction left by asteroid impacts and the way they are distributed over the surfaces of various bodies, it can give a real inkling into what sort of conditions these, um, these planets and moons found themselves in when the solar system was young. And the research has actually um, come up with uh, some very interesting results. Uh, they basically simulated uh, the removal of thousands of craters and considered the impacts of smaller craters. In, in other words, they rewound the moon four and a quarter billion years. And they, um, they found some interesting results. As I said, uh, the researchers are based at NASA's Goddard Space Flight Centre in Maryland, and they found that the moon was buffered by asteroid strikes in the northern and southern, and its northern and southern poles wandered by about 10 degrees latitude, uh, the equivalent of about 186 miles or 300 kilometres. They say the discovery could shed light on how Earth's natural satellite has evolved and could help researchers locate water and other resources that could be used for future crewed missions into space. The Astronomy Daily Podcast with Andrew Dunkley.
excitement is building for the DART mission, the double asteroid redirection test, where they're going to uh, smash a probe into the asteroid moonlet called Didymos on September the 27th. And they're going to try and change its orbit uh, from its parent body, Dimorphos, uh, to see if it's possible. And it's all aimed at you know, protecting Earth in the future from a major threat. But the question uh, that sort of comes up as a consequence of that, or maybe it pre-existed this, is how big is the asteroid threat to our planet in reality? And that is uh, the $64,000 question. Uh, space is huge uh, and a cosmic crash uh, into Earth remains a fairly low probability. And we do or have been able to account for a vast majority of the objects in our uh, solar system. Uh, but we haven't seen them all. In reality, the odds are minuscule. But do we just wait and hope that it doesn't happen? No. Uh, and that's why they're doing DART. And look, if you wait long enough, According to NASA, something's going to hit us. So better to be prepared for something that might not happen just in case it does. And, and one of the things that people keep saying is, well, just, you know, look at the dinosaurs. I saw a great meme, speaking of the dinosaurs, uh, the other day online, and it just, I keep laughing every time it pops into my head. Someone's put a, a photograph of an asteroid crashing down to Earth and a dinosaur looking up at it or something to that effect, and, and the caption says, humans will not be able to survive without chocolate. The dinosaurs didn't have chocolate, and look what happened to them. <laughs> Nonsensical, but amusing. Well, that just about wraps it up. Uh, what do you got, Haley, to finish off? Nothing I really care about, Andrew. Um, what does that mean? It's World Carefree Day today. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I'm not sure you're quite in, interpreting that right. We might have to do some adjustments to your perception algorithms. Okay. Thanks, Hallie. Uh, we'll talk to you soon. Bye. And that's it for another day. Thanks for your company. Uh, don't forget to visit us at spacenuts.io and click on the AMA tab where you will find the Astronomy Daily newsletter where you can read all about these stories and plenty more. And while you're there, subscribe. It is absolutely free. It's what we refer to in the business as bonus material. Uh, and don't forget to leave your reviews. And while you're on our website, uh, listen to the latest edition of Space Nuts with Professor Fred Watson. Until tomorrow, thanks for listening. This is Andrew Dunkley for Astronomy Daily. The Astronomy Daily Podcast with Andrew Dunkley.